Ooh, what does this button do? No, that stops the recording. Influenza. You're listening to Influenza. Each week we could take a piece of pop culture and we talk about the influences that went into it and the things it would go on to influence. My name is Sean Aitchison and I am joined always by, as always by my friend Alex Aguilar. Cartoons. <laughs> and uh, this week we were covering what went into and what came out of uh, Dexter's lab and we're kind of te- treating this as like a uh, uh, part one to we're talking about like the big renaissances that happened in Cartoon Network. Um, this would be the first one because it launched um, as you'll see when we get into it it launched Cartoon Network Studios and all of the original programming and the like. Um, anything that? Uh, we're also joined by our sponsor today. Uh, it's uh, Frederator. 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 Not Frederator. <laughs> they don't sponsor they us. They don't sponsor yeah. we, don't <laughs> we, get, we actually have to say they don't sponsor we us. We get sponsored by Harper's Bazaar Magazine, actually. Um, and The New Yorker. And we get sponsored, we sponsored. by uh, the author of uh, Fault in Our Stars. We are sponsored by Shut the Fuck Up, Alex. Um, if you need to shut Alex up, please consider using Shut the Fuck Up, Alex. It the is a popular... <laughs> okay, we might cut that. Anyway, so, a um, bit of a disclaimer. So, you know, the the format of this podcast isn't, you know, a perfect formula. Because, you know, it's not always just about, like, something being like, Oh, I like this thing, so I put it into my work. It's not always that cut and dry. And this one is definitely more of a history of what a cartoon and cartoon cartoons, which are um, which were short showcases for Cartoon Network. Um, but like, if we did the episode on just those, that means we'd have to do the influences of each of the shorts that went into it, and you know the the influences of the people who put together the show and stuff like that. So it's better to just go with Dexter's Lab. It's the first Cartoon Network original series, and it's it's the center of all of these kind of this this branch off of Cartoon Network Studios. Right. I mean, there's like plenty of points to jump off of. You can go from here. We could also like from here we can go to like Powerpuff Girls. How important that is mm-hmm. specifically exclusively to the network um that they're basically spongebob yeah yeah so it's just it's just it's i think it's more interesting too to go with dexter's lab and see how it connects into this web of cartoon network um as we know it today right so with that said um for those who have listened before uh you know our format it's just going to be um we'll do a brief history of the subject uh we'll talk about our experience with it and then we'll get into uh the influences that went into it and the things it would go on to influence and again like we said Influence is not a hard and pressed term in this case. It's more of a, you know, it, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get you. I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah. I have headphones on. I'm listening. All right. Um, so uh, let's get into the brief history. Uh, to, st- to talk about Dexter's Lab and by extension Cartoon Network's first original programming renaissance, uh, we have to start with What a Cartoon, an animation showcase series created by Fred Siebert. From our sponsor, uh, Federation. <laughs> just, uh, just as they a They don't sponsor us. <laughs> Uh, the series, which eventually re- was rebranded as Cartoon Cartoons, was comprised of original shorts created by the animators and artists who worked for Hanna-Barbera, who produced the shorts, at least when it was uh, first What a Cartoon. Exactly. Because yeah. all, the, all these young artists who were like on contract for doing storyboards for Hanna-Barbera and stuff like that, yeah, they were like, let's that's, do a showcase. That's how they all worked. They started working on these, like, cr- like I hate to say crappy, but like early 90s crappy mm-hmm. cartoons. Um, you know, I think, it, isn't it, if I'm correct, uh, Craig McCracken was one of the earlier ones to work on, what was it, uh... 
Two Stupid Dogs. Yes. He's like a storyboard artist, correct? Two Stupid Dogs was like one of one of Hanna-Barbera's most late, I think. Yeah, I think it was the latest. Yeah. One of the last ones before think that, Cartoon I Network. Think, I think if I want to say like early 90s, late 80s would have been the stuff like the Flintstones sequel, like Bam Bam and Pebbles. Or like stuff the, like that. Or yeah. the Young Yogi Bear. Cartoon. Stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. The, the extreme Yo, Yogi. 90s Yogi Bear. Yeah. <laughs> that was so great. Um, We're going to do an episode about that later. Oh, how my it God. influenced everything. <laughs> um, so... Oh, God, if we did a Yogi Bear episode, we'd have to talk about how it influenced T.J. Miller to get his head checked. <laughs> oh, God. Do you ever see the poster for Yogi Bear, by the way? No, why? It's uh, it's literally, it's a giant picture. It's it's a picture of uh, Yogi Bear in front of him, like little boo-boo. And then uh, the quote was, good things come in bears, as in pears. But it, like, it, it just looks like a rape thing. <laughs> We might Good. have to delete that. <laughs> no, well, we're keeping it. I like that. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so, um, Dexter's Lab actually wasn't the first short. It was just the one that first got a series. Powerpuff Girls was the first short. Uh, and that even had, like, its own origins as a student film, I think. Yeah, it was um, a kick-ass uh, student. The whoop-ass student. Whoop-ass yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, it was the first to get voted, um, voted into a series, and that was done through phone lines, internet, focus groups, other promotions, um, and, uh... It beat out all these other ones, and Turner Broadcasting ordered a full series uh, in August of 1905, just six months after the first short had aired. So Dexter's Lab was created by uh, Gendy Tartakovsky, who, and served as a Cartoon Network's first original animated series, lasting two seasons and a TV movie before going on hiatus and then being brought back uh, in 2001 for two more seasons, which many people consider inferior yeah they i mean they look a little better i think because it was the first time they were using digital coloring i mean it's that it's that uh it's oh uh, do you remember those like gerald mcboing boing cartoons like mm-hmm. uh, upa or I, actually we'll get into that uh, yeah. yeah it's that style i love that style mm. the how the execution for those two seasons weren't as good yeah i mean i love the style for that like other cartoons that came from that style and yeah. i know we'll talk about it later but yeah so um yeah dexter's lab followed uh well dexter uh the, a boy genius who hides away in his secret lab making inventions while fending off his destructive sister Dee, Dee uh from invading and destroy uh, and destroying his creations and the series is often cited as one of the greatest cartoons of all time and is also noteworthy for helping launch the careers of gendy himself craig mccracken seth mcfarland butch hartman and robin zetti um yeah, and we'll get into a little bit more of that later, because um, that's an important subject too. But um, it should also be noted that uh, What a Cartoon as a whole can be credited with this as well, since some of these creators also had shorts in the showcase, and obviously, like we said, they were all contracted with Hanna-Barbera when they were running the shorts. Yeah. I mean, um, I think my favorite thing, as a little side note uh, from What a Cartoon, my favorite thing is that it had an Oscar-nominated short in there. It did? It was a... Uh, Chicken from Outer Space, which if you know what that, that is, oh, that's, that's Courage Cowardly Dog. It was nominated for an that's Oscar. Crazy! It got like a theatrical release first, and huh. then it got a like it got nominated. Forgot about that. Um, so uh, the influence of Dexter's Lab is uh, widespread as it begin as it began Cartoon Network's line of original programming, better known as Cartoon Cartoons. Uh, yeah, and started Cartoon Network Studios, um, and uh, it had previously just been a. Uh, network of just reruns for old cartoons and space ghost yes <laughs> um and then so when we cover this topic we'll also be getting into uh the other cartoons that followed in dexter's footsteps stopping around 2008 or so um and everything after which will be covered by part two of our cartoon network, uh, renaissance series which we'll get to what the subject of that is a little, a little bit later i mean uh, well before we go into that wouldn't there be like three parts of this renaissance you know going in from like cartoon network or there like, is like but this? the center is not 
large or really that no well, it's the, just this it's just the parts of action would you consider cartoons. would you consider adult swim the center yes that would probably be the 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 you know the middle of the sandwich uh yeah the the meat yes um but uh, meat wad the meat wad of the <laughs> yeah sandwich. And, and even that too there was just like the, so few shows in, in between that window of time and most of them were just like a lot of outside um a, a canadian based ones or and... uh you know in the case of like uh because Benton you know, was of, the only one, like yeah, well, one and then the there's some DC ones. shows coming in. It it was just a mix of action cartoons that weren't always from Cartoon Network themselves. Right. So it, it it's it, it is a noteworthy period, just not as noteworthy as these other. And two. also talk about the live action, which it, you know, which basically yeah. bankrupt the company. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. Or I mean, was it? Be, or was it a response to bankruptcy? It's there's two reasons why Cartoon Network was going downhill. It was because of that, the live action stuff, and also because of the uh, uh, the the Boston bomb uh, scare because of Aqua Teen. Oh, yeah. Which we should get to that at some yeah. point. Well, yeah. when we do our Adult Swim pod, uh, episode, which you got to research. I'm not doing that one. I got a lot <laughs> I of do all the other ones. <laughs> I like Just letting, letting the listeners know how, how uneven this relationship is. <laughs> I do Adult Swim. I've been watching Pooly Cooly, guys. Um, so, uh, that gets into our personal uh, experience with it. Do you want to start with that one? Oh, Jesus. Um, I mean, I remember yeah, it's early... it's a little far on. back for me to remember, too. Yeah, I think I remember watching... Uh, what a cartoon or oh yeah cartoons um and i remember seeing the original ones not liking them that that much to be honest and then finding out about dexter's lab getting a show and it's very like vague in my head that i remember watching it enjoying it my mom loved to watch me watching the show like to the point where like she would go out and buy me toys every now and then of the show and it's like it's not a show that like because truth be told i loved rugrats going up mm-hmm. growing up and like oh, I same. Yeah. like I made sure that my mom knew like I love Rugrats like this is one of my favorite cartoons. Um, Dexter's wasn't that thing, but it was like it's all it was always on during a time where I'm like nothing else was on Nickelodeon, so I would watch Dexter's Lab and I'd enjoy it. I bought books from it too. Like it was this like Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. You were Cartoon Network. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I bought books from Dexter's Lab and like mm. I enjoyed it. I remember there was a lot of comic books. Well, not, I'm not talking about comic books. I'm talking about, like, actual, like, scholastic Oh, yeah, books. those too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember reading those, and I still have some, like, somewhere hidden in storage. But I remember liking it. I remember watching the movie when it came out on, like, on Cartoon oh, Network. Oh, Ego Trip. Ego Trip yeah. was awesome, though. I don't remember any of it, though. I just remember bits and pieces because I was, what, five or six at mm-hmm. the time? Like, it was 90, like, when did the movie come out? 98? Uh, you got me on that actually. I think ninety eight, probably ninety. I think ninety eight because yeah. I think I might have been like five or six. No, it was ninety nine because it was in between the se- the like the original seasons and the. Okay, so yeah. I was like six at the time. Yeah. Like it, it baffles me like how I remember stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it's very vague. I just I, like there's stuff that I remember loving about Dexter's Lab. Uh, I remember, you know, there's a couple of episodes. I remember when they like. You know, it's, I can't even remember at this point. It's just... Yeah, it's it's a bit far back in my memory, too. I remember, you know, it being one of my favorites. I The one episode I remember was the bullying episode where it's like... They, they, oh, yeah. For the speech impediments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I love I that I hate one. kids with funny accents. <laughs> the, the, he beats up an Irish... Well, no, um, it's a leprechaun kid. It's not, yes. He's not Irish. He's a leprechaun. <laughs> uh, Italian uh, guy who you know yeah. because he has a tall chef hat. Mm-hmm. And Dexter. Yes. Um... I guess my experience were similar. I don't remember a ton, but like the stuff that is there really sticks out, like the dodgeball episode where he makes the robot. I remember loving all the robots, oh, yeah, yeah. and I love it, loving the anime motifs, for like the way he would transform and all the robot. Like, I, 
God, they're actually like now that I think about it, a lot of stuff just sticks out about the robot episodes. I mean, you just talk they, about, yeah. you know, kids love robots, so it's yeah. like I remember the robot that had that looked like came with the glasses, and I remember the robot that um, was the family robot. It was like it came together from all these vehicles. Like it was a Voltron. <laughs> yeah, and I remember the one with the dodgeball robot. Um, and and all then he would like always that. fight with Mandark. Yeah, yeah I remember Mandark, um, and I remember great. yeah. And I remember stuff like that, and I remember, you know, just loving the kind of, it's just imaginative, and I was like that as a kid. I just, yeah. you know, I was very, always come up with stories. Um, but I also like the episodes that weren't, like, always focused on the lab stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's one episode that sticks out of my mind now that we we're talking about it, was when he goes to the beach, and he meets the surfer guy, and he tries to surf. <laughs> Uh, and like the surfer guy, I don't guy, remember that one. It's a weird episode, and like it's you think like the surfer guy is like gonna like kind of befriend Dee Dee because they look similar, but like yeah. the surfer dude like helps Dexter be like surf and come one a piece with the water. Yeah, it's and there's also the guy. Remember the guy who teaches them how to play piano? It's like oh yeah, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, Papa pals Mitch and Clem. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and then I remember the Justice Friends and stuff like that. And um, see, I remember that more than actual watching Dexter because I remember like and Dial M for Monkey. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So and then um, you know, just a lot of the imaginative stuff really got me as a kid because I used to love like making a lab out of Legos and mm-hmm. having characters, you know, make inventions and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I remember one episode two was with the Labrador. My my family right. loves this episode. We, you know, it's something we still quote to each other where it's just like, um, you know, the when they make when he makes a dog talk and then the dog talks to his owner when he finds it later. So it's pretty it's up, just like, basically. Yeah, it's, just, it's just like two dudes just like, hey, you want to go for a ride? Yeah, let's go for a ride. Let's go for a ride. And stuff like that. And then like the, the part where his dad finds the dog, like, Dexter, how long have you been hiding this lab from me? And it's just <laughs> an actual lab dog. <laughs> it's dumb stuff like that that I remember. And then um, the I'm going to do fromage episode. It's omelette au fromage. Oh, I was told. Uh, I was told recently or a few years ago that it's omelette au fromage is the actual term, not du fromage. And I've I talked you to bothered to check that with your girlfriend who speaks French. I that's the reason why I bring it up because it's <laughs> literally it's omelette au fromage. Like I've talked to everyone else and we're like we have like oh yeah it's that's not the right term. Like we've all taken French now like in high school and we get it. Like it's omelette au fromage. Yeah. Um. But um, yeah, yeah. I remember like I kind of the the segments that came from the show to like the mid because it was three segments per yeah. episode right it was like two dexter and either dalem for monkey and uh yeah Super and the, Friends. the segments came and went i think but yeah anyway um that about covers our experience um now to get into the influences now so this is an interesting one um can't find a lot on what actually goes into it um like, the influences are, are diverse, definitely, but, like, in relation to the ripple effect that the series would have for Cartoon Network and Cartoon Network Studios, uh, this is a little bit sparse, but still pretty interesting. So, um, the the very, like, conception of Dexter comes from uh, this one drawing that Gendy Tartakovsky did. And Gendy, um, a little bit of history on him, he was born in uh, Moscow, uh, and he moved to America uh, when he was... was Chicago? He, uh, it was one city, and then it was Chicago. It might have been D.C., then Chicago. What's cool did he go... Because the... I, because I know him, uh, Craig McCracken, and I believe uh, um, Family Guy, Seth MacFarlane, they all, no, not Seth MacFarlane, it might have been uh, Butch Hartman, it's somebody, but I know McCracken and... Uh, Renzetti, probably. Probably. Robert Zetti, yeah. They, they all went to the same college, and I think that was uh, Columbia. It was Because it, was it, was, it wasn't CalArts, because no, CalArts was is CalArts. the second... Yeah, yeah, well, no, I mean, yeah, but a lot of people went to CalArts still. Right. Then. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It might've been Columbia. Um, I think I have it later on, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, um, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's somebody who moved to, uh, America when he was really young and I don't think he, 
Uh, yeah, like he he um yeah, he's an interesting dude. I mean, he made Samurai Jack, which is one of my favorite series of all time. Like, I remember he like he's talked about his love for cartoons like mm-hmm. early on, like he would love Popeye, well, which obviously oh, yeah. came and went. Yeah, and um and I'll get to it in a little bit and, and how cartoons relate to Gendy Tartakovsky when I get to a little something a little bit later on. I want to save it. So um, let's just get into the very original uh, influence for the show, which was a drawing that um, Tartakovsky did of a tall, thin ballerina, which was the basis for Didi. Um, and after drawing Didi, Tartakovsky wanted to pair the character with a visual opposite, creating a short, blocky character that named Dexter. Uh, and so it's just kind of like, it, it's kind of like that thing that when we talked about in Cowboy Bebop, where it was just kind of like this, like, I have this idea that's not anything, but now when I add this one thing to it in response to it, it makes a whole thing. I mean, so, it's, yeah. that's, mm, the majority of cartoons are always like that. Yeah, I mean, it starts I don't like think little... Powerpuff Girls was like that. Yeah. I think Powerpuff Girls... Phineas and Ferb, from what I read, is like that too. Invader Zim is the same thing. Yeah. Because that was like, I think the the creator, or no, one of the execs at NEC, uh, told, uh, wanted to make Squee a TV show. Oh, yeah. And then they said, no. <laughs> so then, but they still wanted to uh, work with Jonan, and yeah. then he drew an alien figure that was like, oh, that's the one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, he drew that, uh, and it, the character is also inspired by Tartakovsky's brother, Alex, um, which I'm not sure. I, I didn't look up what his uh, what his um, Russian, like, birth name was. I, I think he changed it just like Gendy did. I mean, isn't, like, well, Alex is a pretty regular He's name. He's like Alexi, though, sometimes. Alex- yeah, because yeah. that's the creator anyway, of Anyway, don't, don't quote me on that. I might yeah. cut that. Um, so, Dexter's voice was described to be, like, a small uh, Peter Lore. Um by the character's ver- first voice actress, uh, Christine Cavana. Um, it's Kavanaugh, if I'm correct. Kavanaugh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, the voice was also inspired by Robert Zent- uh, Renzetti, who uh, you know as the creator of My Life as a Teenage Robot. Um, he made his way up in the animation world with Gendy, and when they were friends um, uh, during their CalArts days, I think it was CalArts, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, um, maybe it's I got Cal- that wrong. I'm think- sorry if I got that wrong, guys. Um we're professionals at re- researching. They're trying to college. We should have just said that. <laughs> anyway, um, they're coming up uh, uh, with each other in um, in animation, and uh, Robin Zetti would always call Gendy Tartakovsky prank call him with this voice that <laughs> that ended up kind of becoming the inspiration for Dexter, which I thought was really funny. I like that idea. It's just, yeah. I like to believe that uh, Rob's actual voice is just Dexter. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, yeah, so... Um, you want to get uh, talk about the animation style? I mean, yeah, like I hinted about the UPA animation that we'll talk about, you know, yeah, hopefully later. But the animation style of Dexter's Lab is influential on its own, becoming a house style of sorts to Cartoon Network for years to come, which we will get into a bit. But first, let's talk about the influences that formed the style to begin with. Um, which Tarkovsky uh, stated that one of his main influences was the Dover Boys at Pimento University, a Mary Melodies cartoon from Warner Brothers that was directed by Chuck Jones, which. I mean, I don't think we'll ever get to a Chuck Jones episode, but I think, like... Chuck Jones is is an interesting one because it's more of just what he's influenced, and I'm not sure if there's enough research present to, like, show what influenced him. It's, like, it's the equivalent of, like, Walt Disney. Like, I don't think there's a lot that influenced him. Yeah, it it was just a lot lot of, of, like, creative energy coming out. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so the... the, the, But, um, interesting enough, so, so... the the this short the Dover Boys at Pimento University um was like uh like a flat close to the screen style and that's not really what Dexter always was it was a little bit more about showing everything background stuff like that um so uh it instead incorporated this cinematic approach in Dexter's lab and um the bigger influence on the style like it's a combination of the pimento uh of pimento university the Dover Boys at pimento university and i'm going to skip ahead a little bit here um 
the UPA cartoons. Oopa. Oopa. Um, so uh, it was this... Um, do you know a little bit more about that? It very. I mean, I remember like my family... Like we would get to get my mom and I would get together watch old cartoons, you know, ranging from Popeye, uh, mm-hmm. Felix the Cat, Betty Boop. But I do remember watching a lot of uh, uh, Mr. Magoo because that's UPA Upa. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I, I don't know if it's UPA or Upa. <laughs> I'm gonna keep calling it Upa. But I remember about Gerald McBoing Boing. Like yeah. I, I found out about that through like a history lesson yeah. that I gave myself. And, and you know, because we're an audio podcast, we can't like put up stuff. But like. Like, really just, like, search any U- old UPA cartoon and, like, look at that. And that's, like, so influential to Dexter. These kind of very simple shapes, the thick outlining, the kind yeah. of flat design that works at, at all angles. That, that worked, like, I think during its latter two seasons. Like, yeah. they did perfectly. And it influenced other shows, like, obviously, you know, Clone High, Clerks, yeah, yeah, yeah. the animated we'll, we'll series. That. Like, like, don't skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's that, um, it's the style that kind of became the, you know, I'm not sure if house style is a bad term to use but it kind of became a cartoon it's network a house style because we saw it in powerpuff girls yeah. you know someone who came along with yeah, uh, yeah. And, and we saw it on a lot of shows later on which we'll get into um so uh there was also um uh hanna barbera look yeah there's you know. also some hanna barbera in there if you want to talk about that i mean the visual trademarks of hanna barbera are everywhere in dexter it was almost a perfect amalgamation of hanna barbera and the oopa animations <laughs> um <laughs> You know, like the simplified backgrounds, colors going out of lines, vague shapes, flat 2D uh, implications of space and dimension. and For the background specifically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And in terms of, of Dexter's design, he was given a Hanna-Barbera mouth to make him yeah, easier yeah, that, to that, like that nose to the like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the lip thing. Yeah. Um, and then um, there's a, the, like, in terms of like, you know, Dexter's, like I said, a very imaginative series. There's always like these big robot battles. Yeah. Dexter's, you know, stopping an asteroid from hitting Earth or something. Uh, and so yeah, a, a lot too. of that comes from like uh, Gendy's love of mecha anime and like kind of actiony sci-fi anime overall. Um, I hope he gets influenced by this later on in his career. Nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, pretty much every time that Dexter uses a robot in the series, it's straight out of a mecha anime. Um, right. And the way like the action plays out like three times in a row. Time out. Wasn't there an episode where like the uh, it was like a parody of Speed Racer? Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. Totally. They, like they, like the, there's in. a full yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and Racer D. <laughs> Which was Didi, right? Yeah, it was just Didi, and like, and like, her dad is just like, "Who is that? I can't believe we lost our daughter." It's like, Dad, I'm right here. It's like, I'm Racer D. Like, hi. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, um, like that those those whole scenes where it's like, anytime like a robot would like chop something or whatever, it would be like, shing shing shing. Yeah. Like it would replay it three times over. Yeah. Uh, and that's like straight out of like really old like mecha anime. Right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong too. Um. Gendy also worked on Powerpuff Girls as he a did. He was a producer, uh, a producer and director. I think of voices sometimes because you can definitely see the like the fight scenes be very similar to yeah. One well, another. the the Powerpuff Girls is interesting because the reason that there's so much like punching but no actual impact is because that's how they got past censors. Mm-hmm. So you'd see like a punch thrown and then it would just be like a flash or something. Yeah. But when it came to Dexter's, like the robots were like perfectly oh, yeah. fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I'm sure he has so many uncredited design work on that, like because he just yeah. wanted to, you know, like um, yeah, yeah. And so um, back to the UPA thing. It's just like there's also that like um, did we talk about the thick outlinings too? Because like that that's such a UPA thing, and then that. That coming can go a little bit with Dexter, but most of the time the design had like a thick outline to them and stuff like that. Right. Um, and so this was the thing I wanted to talk about that was super interesting. So, um, so uh, Tartakovsky like really loves like he 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 is a sincere lover of animation, and part of that has to do with 
uh, it helped him learn how to speak English when he first moved to right. America. And along with that were um, were a bunch of, uh, like, he watched older Warner Brothers cartoons, and then he would also read um, Marvel comics. I mean, granted, I think I was the same way. Like, cartoons really influenced me to speak English. Because, like, I was raised in a, in a Hispanic household, so I would only speak Spanish. But it was me watching cartoons in English, like, mm-hmm. understanding everything. So... I don't want to see Dexter's Lab help me learn English because, oh, I would speak a horrible, like, <laughs> dialect. Uh, but that, I think it helped to an extent. Granted, yeah. I also had family members who spoke English, so. But, yeah, so, so he, um, and, and that's actually where the Justice Friends come from is just, like, it's this kind of amalgamation and parody mm-hmm. of uh, superhero comics that are, like, clearly a lot of, like, Marvel influence there. And part of that just comes from because he used them to learn how to read. And I thought that was really interesting. I find it interesting that, like, Justice Friends like actually became a show to itself like yeah yeah there was like it was canon essentially yeah but it's one of those things like Cartoon Network did that with like other stuff too like they would take the other segments and make them shows I mm-hmm. remember Secret Squirrel had it well that's before Cartoon yeah. Network. Secret Squirrel was Super Secret Squirrel mm-hmm. for uh, Two Stupid Dogs it was its own show oh, for yeah. a while I forgot about and that and then yeah, yeah. Cow and Chicken had uh, uh, I Am Weasel. Weasel yeah which yeah. we'll get into in a, uh, somewhere along the line um, yeah, and so that was interesting. Yeah, the first comic he bought was a Super Friends comic and stuff like that. Um, and some other loose ends are uh, um, the Burrito Palace featured in the episode Critical Gas. I think it's the episode where Dexter's just like holding in a fart the whole goddamn episode. Which oh, is, I remember that. That one. is like, I'm sorry, that is like prime fart joke. Like that is how you do a fart joke. Like <laughs> also remember the Christmas episode. Uh, that's a real restaurant, is what I was gonna say. The, the Burrito oh, cool. Palace. Yeah, yeah. Which is just like I thought that was a funny loose end to throw in there. Um, it's a lot of like cartoons do like they just reference their actual like. Oh, yeah. Places where they eat. I mean, like, wasn't it a regular show who also, like, referenced actual restaurants that were, like, off the way? I think we've been to the 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 grilled cheese place when we went to go see Descendants. Yeah. That, like, Cheezers was based on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it became a chain, but the... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, and then this last little bit, it's not really about influence, but it's an interesting, interesting fact that uh, Tartakovsky and Robert Zetti moved to Spain before finishing uh, school to uh, be in between animators for Batman the Animated Series. Uh, to just like get better at animation, which mm-hmm. I thought was an interesting fact. I'm sure that came into play in both their I'm careers. Positive, yeah. yeah. Um, and that about covers it. That's it's a, it's a strangely a small segment, at least in terms of my research. And um, you know, we said in other episodes that we try to do our best in terms of like just kind of hitting the broad strokes and you know the stuff that's interesting. And especially with something like this, where the inf- things that influenced is much bigger. Um, I don't think there's much of a need to do more into the what in, went into it because, like, the this is the big segment is what it influenced. I mean, the one thing I, like... Uh, yeah, we'll get to it later because there's... I don't know if, like, it was brought up here, but I do want to talk about, just as a precursor, I do want to talk about root removal for a bit. Oh, go for it. Uh, but I don't know if right now is the right time or, like... We can we can put it now and then we'll cut it or put it in later, so just... just keep it here. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. But you know about root removal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the secret, like, yeah, convention yeah. one that, Yeah, like, I just love that he brought it with him one time, like... Yeah, like, he would always, bring, like, make sure all the... Everyone under 18 is out, and yeah. then... I think he premiered at, at Comic-Con at a San Comic-Con, Diego. yeah. Uh, and people, it just became word of mouth, and... For years, like, it was always just, like, this piece of work that even uh, Gendy Terror... Oh, sorry, Craig McCracken mentioned, like, oh, this is my favorite piece that I've done for Dexter's. <laughs> and no one knew, like, about it. Like, it yeah. became, like, a Reddit slash 4chan, like, rumor, like, oh, no, I saw it. I have it. Like It's one of the few rumors that actually has, like, truth to it, where it's, like, a creepypasta type thing, where it's, like, it actually yeah. has something to it, which is funny. And then it wasn't until, what, 2013, when mm-hmm. it actually finally was released by Adult Swim. Yeah. Uh, which was, it's, it's funny to see that because it's a precursor to like, 
weekendy working for Adult Swim. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like I remember, like that was a huge thing. I was like, my friend Robert and I were like obsessed with the idea of like, oh my god, this thing exists, and we yeah. were finally gonna watch it. And it's a pretty great episode. Um, <laughs> granted, it's it, it's censored, so I don't know, like, cause there's I don't think there. I, I, there's from, the rumors like there's there's a rumor that the uncensored version is just like no bad words. It's just like the it's like bad word adjacent stuff. Like it's cra- It's like you know it's it's shoot and and darn it and, yeah. yeah. But it's like I remember like the, the rumor was like oh no there's an actual like filthy version of this like <laughs> but. I like the one that we saw, which is yeah. great. Because well, there is, to big go off on a bit of a tangent, there is an art form to bleeping. Like, I think you can make it funnier by bleeping sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, there's, like, even stuff that I love, like, that's obviously meant for adults. I think it was Aqua Teen that, I think in the movie, they, they like, messed it up where they still have the bleeping in the movie, but it's, like, off, so they'll say <laughs> fuck, and then you'll, you'll hear the bleep afterwards, <laughs> and it's beautiful. Um... Yeah, so uh, let's get into what it influenced. Um, so, uh, forgive me for taking so much charge on this one. I just want to make sure this segment is out there. This part of I want to say is out there. So, this is a big segment, like we said. To boil it down, we're going to have to try and categorize things as best we can to cover all of, the, all of Cartoon Network's original programming from 1995 to 2008 uh, that resulted from Dexter's success. Um, so, essentially, the short version of this is that most of these shows would not have been made had it not been for Dexter's success. Because it was an experiment. At the end of the day, that exactly. was Cartoon Network's experiment to try to make shows. Yeah, as a, as a short-term cartoon, uh, a short-turned cartoon, if that reads well, yeah, um, no. which created a template for future Cartoon Network Studio series. So, um, and like we said, we talked about this before, too. I want to have a quick note about this, about the house style. And, again, I'm not sure if that term... It's not a house style. Up. It's yeah. just, like, people who, like... It, the world of animation, unfortunately, like, they have to... It's small and they have to share with one another yeah exactly and they obviously co-workers are shared mm-hmm. and uh a lot you, of these creators it's influence not in terms of spreading it's influence versus as like a cycle it's basically yeah. just like you're in the same room with these people you yeah know? and you like you kind of like not leech off but you like you become copacetic to yeah how each one's work is so and i wanted to talk about that because that the way i'm gonna like the way I divided this in our notes here, um, which Alex does not go over beforehand, <laughs> me, <laughs> um, is, is that we're going to talk about the cartoons that came from What a Cartoon and Cartoon Cartoons, uh, both like short showcases uh, for animators. We're going to talk about the ones that shared styles that 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 came from a short and got a full series that mm-hmm. shared styles, and the ones that came from a short into a full series that didn't share styles but still kind of came about because dexter i mean there's there's one that you mentioned here that i do want to talk about but we'll get to it later yeah so uh the first one is powerpuff girls if you want to talk about that yeah i mean powerpuff girls it's i still believe it until the movie came out Mm -hmm. i still believe the that was their flagship show oh for sure for sure like even like i i love dexter and all but i do think that the company became like a monumental powerhouse of animation because of powerpuff girls yeah that was the one thing that could rival and SpongeBob I also want to do a separate episode on that just because of like the influences that go into it are just these ve- this vast superhero, you know, influence stuff like that. Like, yeah, and it's also a show that was catered to both uh, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's what these cartoons It's one of those do. ones that like, like, you know, at a time when this was, you know, I, I guess more in a, in, a ti- in a different time, I guess is just the best way to put it. It was like it was it was that show that you weren't embarrassed that you were watching a quote unquote girl show. You oh, know? No, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I think my family was okay with with me watching we, that. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, where 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 a time when that might have been a concern for some parents and even some kids. Yeah, it was the show that transcended that, which yeah, is and, which is powerful. Yeah. 
which is Powerpuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, let's see. Cra- uh, Craig McCracken's career was made. Yeah, <laughs> hit the microphone. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, all right. So Powerpuff Girls ran from 1995 to 2005. Also, another show that ran in two different yeah, and I chunks. Think Chris Savano also took over. <sighs> of show course, running. he did. Yeah. But... Uh, and then, uh, so well, Craig McCracken's career was made by Cartoon Cartoons, just like Gandhi's. The Powerpuff Girls shared style elements with Dexter's Lab and Tartakovsky acted as a producer sometimes uh while also working on his own show yeah but i think it was always a lot of in-between stuff like yeah i think yeah, yeah. early like it's the early pop of girls that, yeah, like, yeah he worked a lot on mm-hmm. um and, and gendy and craig worked together frequently and there's similarity uh similarities in style and storytelling are, are incredibly present in this uh you can see the similarities in the art style right away the simple shapes and thick outlines from upa the way that the characters are meant to uh contrast each other Dexter and Didi are in the power, the PPGs <laughs> and the, as background characters. Et yeah, yeah. The, uh, that's interesting because Dexter and Didi, uh, like he made him to contrast her and that's how the idea came about. Yeah. And for the Powerpuff Girls, one of the things that a lot of people were disappointed about when it came to the reboot is that the girls are these very grounded characters. They mm-hmm. they are drawn with the circles and, you know, they don't have fingers, stuff like that. Yeah. They're drawn very simple with round shapes. And everyone else around uh, was pointy. Everyone in the background is pointy and cornered and square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a good thing because it, it, it just puts these characters in the spotlight. It, it's like a classic animation, you know, design yeah. choice. Um, and, and, and yeah, and that's the same thing that Dexter and Didi contrasted. It's the same idea of contrasting yeah. shapes. Yeah. Uh, but without the success of Dexter, without proving to Cartoon Network that one of these shorts from what a cartoon could work as a series, without paving the way, Powerpuff Girls would not have been into a full series. The same way with every other Cartoon Network original series at the time. Uh, basically... McCracken and Tarkovsky inspired and influenced each other uh, cycli- cyclically, cyclically. <laughs> uh, in the success of Dexter's Lab influence inspired Cartoon Network to make more original series. Yeah, it's 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 like it's ironically something that's like kind of hard to put into words it, it, because it is just it really is just this like back and forth of like, well, now we're going to make a series out of the one of this short, but like we also really like this short. It's like, OK, and yeah. then and then in art form, it's like man, I really like what you're doing with this. I'm going to do some of this, and I'm going to do some of this. Yeah, so it's, it's like interesting. The, yeah, it's yeah. I think my favorite thing, I, I, I know we're going to talk about it if we ever do yeah, a Powerpuff yeah. Girls episode. Um, unlike, you know, the sketches that were made, mm-hmm. I think Craig McCracken has mentioned that he drew the characters. It's and, like uh, a birthday card. Well, that, but also like, I would make a cool t-shirt on a college kid. <laughs> and uh, th- that's what he wanted to make a cartoon. He knew yeah. he was like, oh, it's probably going to run, run one season, like most cartoons of my era. And it's going to make a cool college shirt for a kid. And then it became this mega hit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so um, a couple of loose ends on Powerpuff Girls um, is that Powerpuff Girls went on to an, uh, influence an anime adaptation known as Powerpuff Girls C. Um, though a ton of the story was changed, but just interesting, I thought. Yeah. Because, um, again, that is an influence. Because um, we're called influenza folks. I don't know if you know that. What? <laughs> What year is this? <laughs> um, there's also a Powerpuff Girl fan web comic called Powerpuff Girls. Uh, I always Go forget on. how to say it. Do say it. Dojinshi. Do God bless you. Um, which featured the other Cartoon Network characters, including Dexter, Samurai Jack, uh, two of other, uh, two of Tartakovsky's other, uh, you know, yeah, two Tartakovsky's creations. And we'll talk about Samurai Jack in a little bit, I assume. Um, just... There's just a couple of blurbs about that. Yeah. But it's yeah. it, it's important to note but to talk about Samurai Jack uh, in order to talk about the the hiatus because that's the reason why mm-hmm. he didn't come back for uh, Tarkovsky didn't come back for the latter two yeah, seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, Samurai Jack mostly the 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 note there is, uh, and we'll talk about more when we get to it. Is just that again, 
uh, uh, Dexter opened up the pa- like paved the way for original series, and yeah. he wouldn't have gotten that. Because what was the yeah. show right after Dexter that came out? Uh, oh, Johnny Bravo. Exactly. Yeah, which I didn't know actually came before Power of Girls until I was doing my research. Yeah, it's I think it's uh, Johnny Bravo and Count Chicken came before Power of Girls. Uh, or am I wrong? I yeah, Count Chicken actually Count Chicken first, and then Johnny Bravo. Yeah, because I remember and then Power of Girls, which which is weird because that's the first one that got a short on what a cartoon. Yeah, and it ended up being like the third or fourth well, in line. Yeah, because yeah. I remember like th- there was a couple of shorts on the Powerpuff Girls on what a cartoon. Yeah, because like I think Count Chicken they kept giving him shorts instead of full series. Yeah, because I, I think Johnny Bravo had two also, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Count Chicken only had one. And there's a, I think it's called no, it, there's it's uh, something about heck or like no smoking. <laughs> no, it's it's no smoking. It's a it's a short about like yeah. chicken smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and then he gets uh, he gets taken to heck. Where he, he meets a, the red one. Oh, my God. Um, so, um, even though Powerpuff Girls, like we said, was the first What a Cartoon, uh, and even though it is more noteworthy series between it and Johnny Bravo and Cow and Chicken and all these other ones, um, Johnny Bravo actually got the series first. Um, couldn't really figure out which was greenlit first, because it might have been like a production thing, like one took longer, but anyway. Yeah. But that's, um, also, that's weird, because I, I forget the uh, creator's name. Uh, it's Van Pebbles, or something. Oh, shoot, I didn't write it down. No, but I think it's like Van... Van, Van Partable. Van Partable, thank yeah, yeah. you. Uh, he, he was an LA, uh, LMU uh, alumni, mm. who ended up making this cartoon because like he it was a college short. Like, yeah. Unlike the other creators, like Tartakovsky and uh, Kirk and Kraken, th- they were together. Yeah. Van Partable just came out of nowhere like I have a cartoon guys and <laughs> <Hoo-ha-hoo>. <laughs> which, oh which I got I love that the, the the reason how that got created and unlike the other shows Powerpuff Girls uh Dexter's Lab Bam, and Johnny Bravo took like it was a long run but there were so many hiatuses in between mm-hmm. because he I don't it, know what he was doing a lot of surprise doing. more seasons yeah because yeah, yeah. he was I don't know what he was doing at the time because he also left the show at some point I, I, I'm not sure I, I didn't spend too much time researching that I, I just wanted I've to done talk research about my own personal research for that yeah. and I can't find anything yeah. for that so um, yeah again Dexter's success began to spread through Johnny Bravo and there's some similarities in um, background design um, it, it kind of has the CN house style of the time mm-hmm. Though a little bit more like, if there's tears, it's kind of like somewhere below Samurai Jacket. Like of the CN house style, for like a term, it's kind of halfway Tartakovsky's house style. It goes somewhere like um, the Justice Friends slash yeah. Samurai Jack. Like it's yeah, it's like it's like the Justice Friends basically style yeah. of the Tartakovsky style, where it's like a little bit more realistic and less cartoony, a little bit more comic booky, but um, still that Cartoon Network style. Right. Um, yeah, and the Hanna Barbera inspiration, like we said, um, especially I think, I think Vampire will also worked on Hanna Barbera. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, did. <laughs> most of these people did. Um, and then especially in how the women are drawn, that's very, very like Hanna Barbera. They look like they're out of Scooby Doo sometimes. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! Do you remember the episode where like the, the Scooby-Doo Scooby-Doo Doo episode? Over? Yeah, which that's still the one. best one. Uh, Supernatural, get on that because that one, that's much better than what you did. That one, I love the. Uh, uh, in the Johnny Bravo uh, Scooby Doo crossover, I love the Jinkies. Jinkies, isn't that a breakfast cereal? <laughs> I think I like the way the episode ends with uh, him crossing over to a uh, speed buggy. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is the same thing. Yeah, and so overall, it's uh, just a very Hanna Barbera series, very uh, in the style of the studio that made it uh, or originated. That is, uh, and while we can't say that Dexter was responsible for these style elements um, being present, it is worth noting that both Johnny Bravo and Dexter essentially are cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the same cloth, though, we also need to talk about uh, Cow and Chicken and I Am Weasel. Yeah, which, um, so this would be our segment of the what cartoon cartoons that got, 
went from short to series, but don't really share those visual styles. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, Cow and Chicken is just, you know, like I mentioned, there is a, it's, it's no very, smoke, it's no smoking. Yeah, it's, it's the it, skit that it, started. It's, and, it's an art style that looks like it would be a gross out cartoon, but doesn't always go that direction. But it was always put in that, like, same tent, unfortunately, because of the whole Ren and Stimpy, like, yeah. Just because Ren and Stimpy and then other cartoons followed, and then it was just like overly detailed on the parts that you didn't want to be overly detailed. But I, I, I remember it. doing a lot of like I wanted to look up like Emmy nominations for kids cartoons, and I remember mm-hmm. Cow and Chicken got a ton of nominations. No, it's one of those ones that I think just kind of faded into the wind eventually. But like at the time, I remember I remember really liking that show. That was one of my, the shows that like my mom didn't like me watching because she thought it was <laughs> stupid and like. I, well, there's a lot of adult humor in that one too. Yeah, like granted, uh, she liked me watching I Am Weasel, which is weird. <laughs> because he was more of a heroic character compared to just <laughs> cow. She just like baboons. Also, one of the cow just has superpowers all the time. And she speaks Spanish. Uh, but yeah, just you know, short note: Count Chicken didn't share much with Dexter's Lab, but it once again followed its footsteps in getting a full series. And it's also worth noting that Count Chicken helped launch the career of, <coughs> excuse me, I had a cough, Maxwell Adams. Uh, the creator of Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Which we'll get into a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, next up, we have Courage the Cowardly Dog. Which I mentioned, you know, Oscar-nominated short. Yeah. <laughs> which um, you just found out about yeah, right now. Yeah. Uh, I love that show, too. That's a great one. It's one of those ones that, like, it's... I remember... This, entertainment... pod, this, this episode's basically turning into, oh, I remember that. I love it. <laughs> no, uh, there's a... Entertainment Weekly did, like, a poll of the 10 best... Like, during their 20th anniversary, Cartoon Network's 20th anniversary, they did a poll mm-hmm. of the 10 best shows... Uh, I bu- if I'm correct, they did Powerpuff Girls at number one, Adventure Time at number two. Um, I think Samurai Jack got three, mm-hmm. Dexter's got four, and Courage got five. Yeah, Courage, and- Courage is definitely like the the kind of definitely not a flagship, but definitely one of their. Better it was a ones. critical darling. Like yeah. there's so much about that show. Like like you know what a clip I just watched the other day was when he's playing like the the racquetball game or dodgeball game with oh, like the all last his episode. enemies. That's the last episode. That's he fights off. It's oh yeah, he fights yeah. So he fights off all his enemies, and the way he wins is like, what can you do better than the rest of them? And he just screams so loud they all gets, die. Like yeah, <laughs> God, I love that. But it's like uh, I just remember so many things about that episode. Those that, that I, I show. love. I remember all the visual gags whenever he was like so scared or couldn't believe something. I remember one time he let he like he would, like saw something scary, took out his eyeballs. <laughs> Breathe on them, like wipe them with a cloth, put back in, to, just to make sure he was seeing what he was seeing. <laughs> oh, the things I do for love. Um, yeah. So uh, again, not uh, as much as we love the show. There's not much to say in terms of like its relation to Dexter, just by. But it's a risky move for Cartoon yes, yeah, Network. Yeah, exactly. Just a risky move, um, which again, Dexter instilled confidence in Cartoon Network Studios to just be like, you know what let's make more of these yeah. into, into full series. And now we're going to talk about one show that it's not Cartoon Network. Yeah, but still, yeah. It's influenced a career who was, at one point a couple of years ago, was one of the powerhouses of like animators turned big people mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Producers, exactly. basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about Larry and Steve, the Which, show that no one knows about unless yeah. you know like the history of, history of it. Family Guy. <laughs> um, because Seth MacFarlane created this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a couple of shorts on What a Cartoon. Yeah, and Seth MacFarlane. Well, was no, it, it was it was one short he did in college, and then he did a sequel on what a cartoon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, Seth MacFarlane was one of the only uh, creators hired by Hanna Barbera based on writing talent alone, which Hanna Barbera saw in his short "The Life of Larry." But the from first there, Larry and Steve. exactly. Yeah. But from there, he would be, uh, you know, juggle be... back and forth between storyboarding and writing on Dexter's Lab, Count mm-hmm. Chicken, I'm Weasel, and Johnny Bravo. Uh, and it was Johnny Bravo that helped Seth MacFarlane develop his personal style of 
animation and writing. Yeah. Um, Which I've never actually seen his, like, actual artwork. Like, I don't know how much of, like, the storyboard involved he is with, like, early Family Guy or anything. Yeah, I mean, it's... Obviously, say, like, say what you will about Family Guy. Like, I do think it's important to note that how important uh, Seth MacFarlane is to this notion of mm-hmm. like cartoon or late Cartoon Network. Yeah, uh, early Cartoon Network uh, creation. Oh, and dude, Dexter. Like he he was a he was a writer. Like he was a staff writer on Johnny Bravo. Like when animation didn't always have staff writers. Exactly. Like, um, but one thing that I I know it's gonna be like we're pre uh, preemptive. We're gonna talk about family guy in the adult swim episode because it's important to talk about family guy even though it's not an adult oh, swim yeah, show yeah, yeah. oh it's yeah, yeah super yeah. important to talk well, about th- that. that we'll get into that and just the fox acquisitions that they have you know yeah well, um, and how important it was adult swim how both adult swim and family guy helped each other because mm-hmm. adult swim became huge because it had family reruns of family guy yeah, and yeah. family guy became huge and got back into success it's like how comedy center brought basically brought back feed drama well that came after Oh, did? Yeah, Futurama. Like, oh, you're right, right, right. right. Yeah, Adult yeah. Swim also got yeah. Futurama. Anyway, and they were so, so mad that yeah, they went to Comedy so Central. It, it, it's just, it's really interesting that this is the beginning of Seth MacFarlane's career. Um, yeah, so he was given a short in What a Cartoon. Uh, he did a sequel to The Life of Larry called Larry and Steve, like mm-hmm. we said. Which, which is based on uh, it's Peter basically, and it's Brian. It's basically Peter and Brian. It's, it's a yeah. man and his talking dog. It's kind of an idiot dude, uh, like family man and his talking dog. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the shorty did for what a cartoon showed how he adopted Brian or, uh, Steve, I guess. Yeah. Steve. Steve yeah. Um, and, uh, it's basically just the basis for family guy. Like you yeah. said, um, and Dexter's lab and what a cartoon essentially gave him his start. And with it, he went on to be like it or not one of the most successful cartoon creators of all time. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's not beat around the bush. I do think like early family guy still has its charm. Oh dude. Like early it's... family guy. Like when, when, when they use the cutaway gag as like a, like not just like a now we're obligated to do a cutaway mm-hmm. gag for like something that's not related to what we're talking yeah. about when they use it to be like wow that is like a great cutaway because we needed that break in the joke or something like that yeah one of my favorite jokes on family guy has always been i think it's from this first or second season is the my black son <laughs> also he's a ninja oh my god <laughs> yeah um, it's one of the things like my friend and i quote a lot yeah but we don't like Family Guy anymore. But mm-hmm. we do love that little. And, and then there's he played with the aspects of characters too that I really like. Like he played with the idea of Brian being a dog, and now they kind of do it as like an ongoing gag, which is kind of boring. But like yeah. there was early stuff where like where like Brian hit him on the Brian hit Peter on. He was his a moral face. compass. Yeah, but he hit him on his face with like a newspaper. Like no, no, like yeah. what he would do to a dog. Yeah, stuff like that. Like there was this very early stuff that is actually still very funny today. Like. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, there's a YouTuber uh, by the name of Saber Spark who did an amazing like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow that guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, he made an amazing like fall of how Family Guy went down, which mm-hmm. you can say yes or no to that. Like it went down. From what I can tell, I don't think McFarlane has that much creative control. Over it exactly. Yeah. I think he's now busy with uh, what's that show he has on Fox? That's like uh, the Star. Oh, Trek the Orville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, but, but prior to that, I don't think he had that much control over it at a certain point. I think by the time he started American Dad, like he kind of like. I think also by the time it just became like this back and forth, like uh, of like the 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 network keeping like canceling and taking it back and then i think it just became negotiations to the point where it's like you know uh, giving fox more of a he control. just became a producer and a voice yeah. 
Um, but you know, we, I did not do my research on that. So don't quote us on that. Um, and as always, honestly, just, just a good time to mention this, uh, contact us on Twitter. It's at InfluenceaPod. We do correct this when yeah, we're wrong. We do want corrections. Obviously be nice about it, but like, no, just we, yell we at us. Learn, All caps is the point. We want to learn stuff, you know, talk to us, tell us, link, link us to stuff. Call uh, us the F word, fatties. <laughs> um, and then we'll do, you know, we'll do correction episodes if we want. It, it all depends on how it goes. But, yeah, it just depends. Like, but obviously, really, we do an episode about, like, let's say, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just as an example, let's say we're doing an episode on Fargo. We're not going to do, like, oh, correction on our Cartoon Network episode. Like, no, yeah, no yeah. we're going to, when we come back to another cartoon. We'll do a full one, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, just, we're inviting you to just inform us is all. Anyway, um, at Influence Pod. Uh, <laughs> so, um... Now we're getting into Cartoon Cartoons, because they rebranded, um, what a cartoon rebranded as Cartoon Cartoons, same setup, Fred Siebert still doing it, but I think it's no, Cartoon Network Studios. No, because here's the thing, I think Fred Siebert left. Oh, you're right, you're right. To Nickelodeon to um, start, oh yeah, Cartoons. Yeah, which we'll get into also. It's, this is an episode of, we'll get into it. Um, so, uh, Cartoon Cartoons, I think, was now under Cartoon Network Studios instead of Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. So all these shorts, um, were being showcased under Cartoon Network Studios producing them. Mm. Um... It would uh, show shorts being considered for a series, and some were chosen on rate chosen based on ratings. Other were chosen based on the, uh, they had two big pick contests. It only lasted two twice two years, I think. But um, and we'll get into that. It was three. No, uh, was it three? Because I think it was uh it was the first one we're gonna talk about. Then there's the one with the kids, and mm-hmm. then there's one with the cars. The cars. It's, it's Megas XLR. No, that wasn't part of the big pick. I it thought came it, in, it came in second. It just got a series. Okay, never mind. So I yeah. guess it was just two then. So the first uh, cartoon cartoon that got a series uh, was um, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. So uh, this one is just a confusing history. It starts as Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Because Maxwell Adams pitched two cartoons. He got two cartoons on the on the Big Pick weekend. No, he didn't. It was, I thought it was. It was just The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And then it became Grim and Evil because they were like, it's not quite strong enough to be its own thing. So we're going to really? give you Really? Because I remember like reading it differently because I remember it was... It was a little confusing. So maybe I'm not getting it, it right. Sa- but... It was the same thing with the creator of K&D. He put two shows in uh no we'll get into that <laughs> right it, it's a little confusing yeah so so maxwell adams creates uh the groom of billy and mandy and that i remember that short too i remember that show so, short so clearly the hamsters like, like yeah, yeah. The... billy and mandy basically <laughs> trick death into being their best friend but the red <laughs> servant and the, the one of my favorite things is like i didn't get it when i was a kid like oh there's a game of limbo because they're in limbo yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's, all, this, it's all this great like morbid humor um Yes, yeah, so, so it started as the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and then it became Grim and Evil as its full show, because I think they wanted to pad it out a bit. Yeah, with um, uh, Evil Concarnate. Yeah, and then that split off into their own episode, their own series as well. But then Evil Concarnate didn't succeed from... like Yeah, just... but they, they, they still gave them a full season, which... Yeah. Good stuff, honestly. It's, it's really funny... Um, Super I think it was humor. during the hiatus of Billy and Mandy. Yeah, like, it's great supervillain humor. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll yeah. give it that. Like, um... And then, uh, so, uh, also fun fact, I, uh, back in 2012, I was, uh, in a Cartoon Network ad for the 20th anniversary. Whoa, what? Yeah. And, uh, like, they why had... didn't you open with that? Oh, <laughs> I don't know what people know about me guys. Uh, so, um, follow me on underscore trailer, underscore Swift, underscore on Instagram. Anyways, don't, I don't want people to know about me. Anyways, uh, yeah, I was like, there was this ad for the 20th anniversary during San Diego Comic-Con that you would record and they would ask you so many questions. And they took a clip of me, like, because they asked us, run down all the Cartoon Network shows you know in 10 seconds. And they took a clip of me saying, like, because in the commercial it says, like, which Cartoon Network show do you love the most? 
and they used a clip of me saying Billy and Mandy. Like that's literally the one of the things times when I was on TV because they they told me <laughs> when was, was this again? 2012 for the 20th anniversary. I need to look that up. It's hard. Like oh, I I had it's, it's on my like DVR the jumbotron thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, no. Let's save that for the Adult Swim. All right. <laughs> oh, no, no, wait, because that was Human Giant, wasn't it? Or was it Adult Swim? The jumbotron. What? Remember, you were eating your little brother as a sandwich. Oh, that was Human Giant. Oh, okay. That was uh, yeah. That wasn't that was MTV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> out of context, I love that. Tweet, by the way, tweet him for the story, guys. Um, but yeah, I was on Cartoon Network for the ad, and they used my funny. clip. Of, yeah, and they used like little kids, but like adventure time regulation dude and there's this like 20 year old guy like billy and mandy <laughs> <laughs> this is a show I, i've been thinking about rewatching, by the way because it's so I, ridiculous i've been i've rewatched uh, the the uh, little brain of, little, little rock of horrors oh yeah with my little brother Such and a good one god it was it's so good yeah because voltaire's lyrics just oh yeah fucking work perfectly. um so uh this was the first big pick winner where people would call in and um Vote on the internet because I think that's like when the internet was getting big for like no, you networks. Had to call. No, it was about a little bit of both because there was still internet for Dexter too. So the, yeah. this one was definitely internet. Oh, it was AOL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh. Yeah. Lots of similarities in the visual style. Um. Very thick outlines. Um. Very much a product of the show that came before Dexter, Pop of Girls, Johnny Bravo, all the like. Um, and then there was even an, uh, an episode of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy where Mandy smiled for the first time and it broke reality and they woke up in the bodies of... Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, we didn't... I should have meant... I should have brought this up, but, I, um, when we were talking about just the house style when we, we, when we, you know, got into this segment, is that, like, I think the best way I always, um, measure the house style of it is, um glasses look at characters with glasses all of them have the same thick rimmed glasses yeah it you know it's there on dexter it's there on characters in camp laszlo it's i mean there. it's even going on to cartoons now like oh yeah like uh what was loud house uh, like one mm. of the Stuff kids like that. has that yeah so so um it, it's, it's it's like everywhere like that is the marker for me i i always say like when when you when you find a character with these thick rimmed glasses that's yeah. just the like these it basically looks like someone took a, a big thick marker and drew two circles yeah yeah, well, it's the it's it's a Mr. Magoo thing too. Yeah, like it's yeah, the, yeah. the UPA. Oopa. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, that covers Grim Adventures. Um, I mean, I, I going back to the Cartoon Network ad that I did for Comic Con twentieth uh, anniversary. I when I ran down the list, I mentioned Sheep in the Big City, <laughs> and the like. Once we like finished the recording, the guy like took off his headphones. Like, oh man, I forgot about Sheep in the Big City, <laughs> and I work for Cartoon Network. You got an all man and the headphones off. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, that's a show that I haven't seen in a while, and it's, God, it's, uh, okay, It shares so, a couple of visual elements. It, it's not big, but it's definitely worth mentioning it's, that, like... It's super influenced by, by, by Upa. Yeah, yeah. Like, for, it's oh, for much sure. more than... Much more than Dexter's. Like, it, it's more of a direct line versus an amalgam of other yeah. things. It's yeah. actually, I believe it, it's more influenced by uh, Huckleberry Hound, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Upa and Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> um... So yeah, uh, so Sheep in the Big City was created by Mo William, Mo Willems. Mo Willems, yeah. Uh, and some, you know, already talked about that. You know, cut and dry, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Because uh, then we have to go to Time Squad, uh, and I have a really good memory of this, because uh, 2001, the show came out, and I think it was episode two, just my own personal experience, mm-hmm. there was an eclipse going on. <laughs> Hear me out. And then I watched the episode, and then my mom, like, I didn't, like, finish the episode, because my mom was like, hey, come outside, we're gonna look at the eclipse. And then we went outside and looked at the, at the eclipse, 
And then I remember I didn't finish the episode because my mom and I were both on her bed just like trying to recover from us looking at a fucking eclipse. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We took a page. Donald Trump took a page from us by looking into eclipses because we. I was distract, uh, distracted from watching uh, Time Squad. <laughs> I have my head in my hands right now. <laughs> oh, it's great. Anywho. Uh, so Time Squad came out a year after Sheep in the Big City. It was created by Dave Wasson. Just similar elements. That's really all we yeah. need. Yeah, we're trying to get through these fast enough because we're at like an hour at this point. Um, so yeah, uh, now we're getting to the cartoon cartoon series uh, that started shorts, became series, but don't really share visual styles. But just worth mentioning because again, Dexter's paving the way for all this for yeah. taking risks. Um, going back to the whole 2012 like Comic Con thing, you named Mike Lu- Mike Luanog too. Another show that like they were like. Because we I had to go by it twice, and like halfway through, I mentioned Mike Lunog, and they, they stopped me, and they're like, I forgot about Mike Lunog. <laughs> I remember liking that one a lot because I like the kid inventing stuff, yeah, like, I out recently, of like coconuts and shit. Like, so it's on demand, and I watched a little bit of it, and I got a little bored. Like, yeah, no, I can see it. And that one, um, that one looks a lot like uh, Schoolhouse Rock art style and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the first uh, cartoon cartoon era, I think it was the first cartoon cartoon era shorts uh, to get a series, um, but otherwise not a lot of connection to Dexter. Um, it was created by uh, Mikhail Shindo, Mikhail Aldasin, and Charles Swenson, which seems all very foreign. <laughs> um, and then Ed and Eddie, my favorite Cartoon Network show ever. It, yeah. Cartoon Network comedy, I'll say that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I put it up there. I, I'm actually in a, in a Facebook group uh, scam posting. Uh, don't join it. It's terrible. It is <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah. So, um, Ed and Eddie, one of my favorite Cartoon Network series, um, my favorite Cartoon Network comedy series for sure, created by Danny Antonisi. Um, this Antonucci. one actually, Antonucci, thank you, I'm sorry. Uh, the, this one actually bypassed the usual seven minute short than series process, um, so maybe it doesn't really have as deep a connection to Dexter, but still worth mentioning as it's under the cartoon cartoons. I don't label. think, was there a pilot for that one? Cause no, there wasn't. Yeah, because that one's just like, uh, but I thought it was it's under the cartoon cartoon moniker even though it was there, a cartoon there was a cartoon. point that the, the, they didn't do shorts anymore it was just under the moniker I mean it's one of those things like it wasn't at the cartoon cartoon network studios yeah it but, was but again you you have a series that is that is now cartoon studios is now established as like we're we're making cartoons yeah come and, to us with your cartoons yeah and that's uh because because uh, I remember that one and Curtis Cowardly Dog were different production companies mm-hmm. that's why you don't like whenever they do like big crossover games or anything like that yeah. fighting game both Courage and, uh, you know, Adonetti aren't there because they're owned by uh, yeah, a- AKA, AKA Cartoons, and, yeah. And then uh, Dilworth for Courage. Mm. Um, yeah, and then uh, Whatever Happened to Robot Jones, again, just a quick thing oh created God, by Brig Miller. Again, another, another successful that's short That's more uh, Schoolhouse Rock influence. Yeah, that's another one too. Um, and then uh, Codename, Kinda, Kid, eh, Codename Kids Next Door, which it's also one of my favorites, I think, as a kid. I, definitely imaginative also oh my gosh yeah. yeah i remember liking that a lot as a kid um, i recorded a lot of those on vhs yeah uh the groundwork for that one was laid with kenny and the chimp a cartoon cartoon short salmonella um and then it came another cartoon cartoon short for the big pick the second big pick mm-hmm. um no p in the ool which was the name of the episode which is a great name which is the only episode without a, the code name uh like it's the one yeah that, yeah yeah the one uh that, and uh, so there's a short of episode of KND one, the big pick in two thousand one, two thousand one, yeah, two thousand one, uh, and then it uh, got a whole a whole series 
Uh, again, not really direct connection to Dexter, but that that like the popularity of a yeah. short being a series and stuff like that. Which happened again with Mega's XLR. That yes. was like one that was created. I don't, I don't know who it was created by. Uh, I, I I forgot to write it down. It's the same people who did uh, uh who did Swat Motor Cats? City. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So Mega's XLR, another one, just popular, got a series. And CN it's shows lowbrow when it came out. I think uh, that was the name of the series. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but you already have a misfact here because Samurai Jack is under the cartoon cartoon early. Sa- it's under the moniker. Yeah. But it's, um, but no, no, no. It was shown through cartoon cartoons, but it's not technically under the moniker. But it was on Cartoon Cartoon Fridays. Like, yes, it was, but it was that's how it premiered. I yeah, remember yeah. that. So, so uh, this is. Sorry this to jump ahead. Like we're talking, no, 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 now no. we're talking about Samurai Jack. No, no, no. <laughs> well, now we're talking about our segment that's, um, Cartoon Network original series that at this point had abandoned the Cartoon Cartoon moniker, but they were showed... On, because it's confusing, because Cartoon Cartoons is both a moniker and a show, and, yeah. and, and slash just like a brand. So yeah. like they would have the Cartoon Cartoon Fridays, which is they show no episode, new episodes of stuff, but it wasn't all Cartoon Cartoons, meaning it wasn't all shows that had gone from shorts to series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was under the moniker sometimes, and then it right. wasn't. It, it, it's kind of confusing. Yeah. It, it's 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 strangely like a weird convoluted part of the Cartoon Network lore. But the point is, is that like these shows are also Cartoon Network original shows that share some of these visual styles, um, like Samurai Jack, obviously, because Gendy's career got started with Dex series, and that show would not have been made without that. And I think we mentioned already the there's the hiatus was done like mm-hmm. once the show was done and then he started samurai jack and then he couldn't come back to dexter yeah, yeah. that's he was busy with that and so, he couldn't come back for the power of girls because craig mccracken did come back yeah. after the hiatus yeah, yeah yeah uh and then there's foster's home for imaginary friends speaking of craig mccracken yes um all the same styles and everything again there's like characters with those thick glasses yeah. um I, I know that's a weird that's a weird uh, signature for me to recognize but anyway um and then there's hi hi puffy amiumi which <laughs> Again, just a very weird show, very very weird entry into the Cartoon Network Studios yeah. history. Because um, they saw the popularity of the theme song for Teen Titans, how yeah. popular that got. And, yeah. and they then like, made... let's give that, that Japanese yeah. band a show. Uh, so it's a fictionalized version of the band Puffy Amiyumi, uh, created by Sam Register, um, and definitely looked like a Cartoon Network show. Like, look at um, the their, their manager, their band manager, Kaz. He has those glasses. He looks yeah. like a Dexter. He basically looks like old Dexter. Oh, like, he does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And the last show that we have here is, I want to talk about it because my fa- one of my favorite cartoons growing up was Rocco's Modern Life. So mm-hmm. uh, I do want to talk about Camp Laszlo from 2005, which is created by Joe Murray, the creator of uh, mm-hmm. Rocco's Modern Life. And that's another cartoon that's shared some visual cues from the show. And I I don't, I wouldn't say they're come from, they're from the same era. Yeah. I think that's what definitely a little bit more. It's definitely Rocco, but it's also like Rocco plus Cartoon Network style. Yeah. Because uh, again, there's a lot of characters with with that glasses style, a little bit more cleaner shapes. Because Rocco is a little bit more, a little bit more Nickelodeon era, where it's a little bit more like fluid animation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, do you remember the end, the last episode of Camp Laszlo? By the way, it was it the movie. No. So the uh, I don't know if you're gonna keep this on, but (laughs) it's the the final episode is they find out that. uh, the uh, Scoutmaster Lumpus is actually not Scoutmaster Lumpus. He stole. He uh, took. He like I went don't to remember went this. to a camp, Camp Kidney, and then like kidnapped the leader, the the actual Scoutmaster who looks like Heifer from Rocco's Mountain Life, <laughs> and then stored him in the closet. And the entire show just it's this summer, and then like it just ends up with like. This uh, this scoutmaster leaving the room, calling the police, getting him arrested. Oh my god! Yeah, that's insane. And of course, like Nick, like 
Joe Murray's mentioned many times, like, oh, that Scoutmaster is Heifer, but because of like legal reasons, yeah. Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, they couldn't. Hey, they, in the same universe. <laughs> yeah, no, he mentioned like, it, there's your connection. That's, That's the same universe. Crazy. Um, That's like you should definitely like watch it. It's like. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and that's kind of where it ends for Cartoon Network's original series that were part of uh, that were part of Dexter's Lab success and, you know, Cartoon Network taking these risks. Um, and Cartoon Network's first wave of original programming started to die down and the style that carried across several uh, several of those shows started to disappear. It's still here and there every now and then, but that's... It's mostly influences now. Yeah, yeah. So, so that starts to die down around 2005, 2008, that era. Um, and there were other, some other series that came after, um, the ones that were, um, their own thing like Ben 10 and there were shows like Chowder and Flapjack that would lay the groundwork for Cartoon Network's second original programming boom that would truly begin with Adventure Time because that's kind of the one that became their flagship, but Chowder and Flapjack definitely laid the groundwork for and, that. And, uh, one thing of interest, of interest here is talking about Adventure Time, how that's also a short that mm-hmm. became a short. Exactly. Um, that it, it appeared on Nickelodeon, which they, like, what was it? It's not Oh Yeah Cartoon. It was just it was a short on its own. Yeah. No, no, no. They and also it, had another. Yeah. Like, and then it got it put into another thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so, yeah, it's random right cartoons, right? Yeah, yeah. It was random cartoons, but it started out just as its own short. So that's an interesting connection. Is I, That's why I wrote it down is because we have Dexter, which, you know, opens the floodgates for Cartoon Network Studios becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. And it started as a short that became a full series. And what did Adventure Time start as? A short that became a full series. Which is now interesting because if you think about the next big boom in Cartoon Network was regular show, a college series. Guess who had a college series first? Mm-hmm. Van Partable yeah. with Johnny Bravo. And now yeah. you had like uh, J.G. Quintel with uh, Two in the A.M.P.M. Yeah. and the misadventures of lolly land so um if you couldn't tell from that that's going to be our part two uh adventure time is going to be the part two of our cartoon network like renaissance thing series i don't know what to call it um because that has become it still is today influencing every cartoon that comes from that right that network at this point um uh and we probably covered it before but we're talking about shows that come from cartoon network studios not just shows that are on cartoon network because there's licensed stuff there's acquired stuff uh there's yeah. stuff from warner brothers in dc i mean we can't like it's stuff like i just i just thought of something obviously one thing one show that they acquired was uh what was it total drama island mm-hmm. that has a similar art style to an extent oh, oh for sure like it's and i remember i the thick liked, outlines yeah, yeah i liked the idea of that show i actually watched the first season with my little brother yeah and it was one of those shows like oh this is i like the idea of like a, a reality show yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it was one of the only Canadian. Uh, oh, and if shows. you watch it in its uh, in its original Canadian like broadcasting, if you're watching like third party from the original Canadian broadcast, it's way raunchier and way like adult. Yeah, I think it was actually like an, a, a teenager series, and then it, it was got, well, what was the channel that, or? Uh, it Teletoon probably. Teletoon, yeah. Yeah, I think it was actually supposed to be geared towards like because it was late sp- middle schoolers, early high school. Yeah, 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 they yeah. brought it here. They because I remember it, it came bit. out when I was in high school, and like I got yeah. a lot of that humor. There's like full scenes where somebody's like topless and it's blurred out. Yeah, like that's whoa. Anywho, um, so uh, but it wasn't just Cartoon Network shows. Uh, and that gets us into our next segment of, of the things that influenced. It wasn't just Cartoon Network shows that Dexter's Lab influenced. Oh it, yeah. Uh, and back on. <laughs> oh yeah. Cartoons. Um, <laughs> hosted by Keenan Thompson. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, the it, oldest member on SNL. But they 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 switched it around a bit too. Yeah, he was yeah. like, well, when I think when when uh, Keenan wasn't doing uh, was it uh, Keenan Kel, mm-hmm. like he was like, oh, we'll, we'll keep you around for a little bit, and then they did that. <laughs> Fun fact about Keenan Thompson. I know this has nothing to do with it. Um, the man has been doing like 
uh, what was it? Uh, sketch comedy almost his entire life. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's still a member of SNL. I mean, like that. Honestly, regardless of whether you like him or not, that just says he has good experience. I think. And like, yeah, I mean, that's why they kept him for yeah. so long in SNL. But like, think about that for a second. Like this guy, his career is sketch, sketch comedy. comedy. That's amazing. I yeah. like that. Yeah. So, um, uh. There are quite a few non-Cartoon Network shows that uh, take inspiration from Dexter and the cartoon short, co- short showcase that it originated from. And we'll start with Oh Yeah Cartoons. Mm-hmm. Which is created also by uh, Fred Siebert. Yeah. So Fred Siebert, um, I think we mentioned before that he, he made What a Cartoon. Um, and then when he moved over to Nickelodeon, he started... Um, similar, very similar. Yeah, very, very similar format to showcase young animators mm-hmm. coming in, wanting to make their own stuff. Um, called, like we said, Oh Yeah Cartoons. Um, and it also, it, that also helped to launch his Frederator. Um, Frederator! Yeah, yeah, his, his uh, production company. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, so Cartoon Network uh, has this success with a sh- uh, shorts showcase, um, making shorts that got turned into shows. So mm-hmm. he brings that over to Nickelodeon with Oh Yeah Cartoons, and that results in the Fairly Odd Parents. Right, which I remember I loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those shows that... Like, it's one of those shows where the comedy writing is still very crisp. Yeah, it, well, it depends what, when you mean by still. Like, I think... I was talking to a co-worker, actually, about this. How, no, like, like, like you go back and... and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, That's, yeah. Um, that, that also had two shorts on Oh Yeah Cartoons, right? It was a, it was a series of shorts. It was about ten shorts. Um, so... Uh, With the different voice actors, because I remember that was, like, that's... Yeah, it, it was the it was the voice actress who actually... The, the one who played um, Vicky was actually the one who played Daphne originally before Grey Delisle took over, and yeah. then she passed, and Tara Strong took over. Yeah, because yeah. I remember, like... Or she, she also, played Timmy, I think it was. No, because she also did the voice for uh, Kyle Kyle's mom on South Park. And they, oh. they made a whole thing about her. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, it's kind of like, kind of a downer thing to talk about. But like, she like, she you know lost her, her her battle with depression. Hmm. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, and when it came to the Oscars, because South Park the movie was nominated for best song, which Blame Canada, which she sang on mm-hmm. uh, during the performance, it was Robin Williams who sang that song. And as we all know, what happened to Robin Williams at the end. It's an interesting note. It's yeah. not like a fun fact. It's like, it just it's depression. Uh, so um, yeah, so so fairly odd parents has a little bit of Dexter's Lab in it. Like I said, the thick outlines. Did Butch um, work on any of those shows? By the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Because I'll get into this later when we talk about because uh, uh, one of the biggest things this that Dexter's Lab did was launch a lot of careers. Yeah. Uh, and Butch Hartman was um, he did every single Justice Friends segment in the original Dexter's Lab. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so talk about a guy who's worked on a lot of spinoffs because he's done a lot of shows on different, on the same network. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's some similarities there. Um, it's where he got his start. Um, uh, and you know, the Hanna-Barbera mouth, Timmy, Vicky, all the characters have that. Um, then like I said, Hopman also worked on Dexter's Lab. Um, so, uh, then another one is My Life as a Teenage Robot, if you want to talk about this. Yeah, because it's Rob Renzetti who, uh, you know. Before we go on, didn't he have a short on, on uh, Oh Yeah Cartoons about a vampire? I don't know if that was him also. I think it was him. I think Yeah, it but was... that didn't get a series. That's why I didn't. The, but that, yeah. I remember that was like for like years talked about like, oh, that's going to become a series. I know. And, I like, love the premise. Well, yeah, but it's also, it probably, it, I bet you. Because Billy of Mandy. Mandy. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what happened. Yeah. But we'll talk about My Life as a Teenage Robot because uh, Robert Zetti, who was a longtime friend of and colleague of Tartakovsky, 
obviously we talked about him already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two went to school together, you know, so on and so forth. And with Oh Yeah Cartoons, Renzetti was able to launch his pilot for My Life as a Teenage Robot. And, uh, you know, My Life as a Teenage Robot has a lot of similarities to Dexter's Lab style because, hey, Renzetti worked on Dexter's mm-hmm. Lab. It, it's the same thing like we said with Craig McCracken, where it's just the cycle of influence. Like, no one person is to, you know, is responsible for that style. It's a back and forth and stuff like right. that. Um, but yeah, the simple shapes, uh, the the thick outlines sometimes. Um, sometimes the characters didn't have outlines, but uh, some parts of them did sometimes. Right. Anyway. Um, Rowdy's got the chalk. <laughs> talk yeah, about chalk zone. That brings us in the chalk zone. Um, God, it's just, there was a time Just worth like, mentioning because, again, it, it's this, oh yeah, cartoons launching this cartoon. Um, my friend and I, like, I think for a Black Friday, we ran around just screaming, Rowdy's got the chalk. And that's still my favorite. Why? Because we don't remember anything else about the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so, in short, Dexter's Lab isn't indirectly also led Nickelodeon to push for uh, original animated programs um, with the help of Fred Seabird and Federator, obviously. Federator! Um, yeah, so th- that covers, bas- that basically covers, like, the the boom of the two major kids' networks taking shorts from young animators and turning them into series. Right, but do you think adults ever had any, uh, like, obviously adults are influenced by animation, too, is there any shows for adults with that sort of art style? Uh, well, <laughs> there are plenty. Thank you, Alex, for that segue. Segway. <laughs> so, um, there are plenty of non-Cartoon Network shows that shared visual elements as well. Um, Clone High. Um, you know a little bit more about this than me if you want to talk about it. Uh, I know as much as anybody else. It's I love Clone High. I have it on my computer. For, I, yeah, diff- I only watched it once through, but I loved what I saw. Uh, I was meaning to buy it on DVD, and I saw it on Amiibo recently for like mm. 15 bucks, but it was only yeah. disc two. That's weird. Yeah, but any in any case, is that a joke? Because they're clones. Maybe it was disc one. I. Anyways, Clone High. Perhaps the biggest reason for this is the Carrie is that Carrie Yost, uh, character designer and art director for the series, also did work for Dexter's Lab as well as Foster's Home, Powerpuff Girls, and Samurai Jack. Yeah, and it also made an audience that most likely grew up on Dexter's Lab and the other Cartoon Network series for the late '90s, early 2000s. So I'm. Because let's be honest, I think a lot of people, a lot of kids liked it when they were like late, I don't know what to call it, like nine, eight, ten. I don't know what that mm-hmm. late era. And then adolescence. <laughs> no, it's not even that. It's like before preteen, you know, yeah, yeah. before tween, basically. Yeah. Um, it, they like that. And then they're like, oh, I need a show to watch. Oh, MTV has a cartoon that's mm. similar. Let me watch yeah. this. And then they realized it's it was Daria. Yeah. So then they went to clone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um. Yeah, it's definitely like a lot of those simple shapes, a lot of those kind of very uniquely shaped character designs. And like one that. thing yeah. to note, uh, it wasn't created by Kyrgios. He was just no, it no, was no. created by three other people. I didn't people. say it was. Oh, well, I'm just saying because like you... Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. But, but uh, it's like... Kyrgios was just like one of the main character designers. Yeah, he was the, the main character designer. Uh, it was created by um, Phil Lord... And Chris Miller. Chris Miller and, uh, forget his name, the creator of Scrubs. Zach Braff? Creator of Scrubs. Oh, Zach. Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who also created Cougar Town. Uh, who wasn't oh, Zach Brown. I don't remember. Oh, I forget his name. And anyway. I feel bad about this. Correct um, us on Twitter. Yes. Uh, this is one of our messiest episodes for sure. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Um, so, and then, uh, I really like this one because... Um, I've never seen it. You never. So, Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt. Uh, that's the full title. I had an ex-girlfriend tell me that was amazing. It is. So, tell me it, about it. It is amazing. It's basically this raunchy anime made in the style of like the very much made in the style in every aspect of Dexter's lab of these, you know, late nineties, early two thousands cartoon network series, because it was both like the kind of like this, this kind of 
short segments, just stuff sort of happening. Like, it's just like a slice of life kind of dumb adventure stuff going on with some overarching stuff. Um, but, uh, so it's a comedy action anime created by uh, Her- Hiroyuki uh, I- Imaishi. I'm sorry. Um, that follows two angels that were kicked out of heaven for bad behavior and must earn their way back uh, by collecting evil spirits. Um, and they're called Penny and Stocking because Pandy can turn her panties into guns and Stocking can turn her stockings into swords because Japan. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. So it is known for the, its art style, which is such a huge veer from what many think anime is because it's designed to be an homage to American cartoons. Yes, yeah, I remember like watching clips of it, it cl- clips of it from Funimation. Themselves. Yeah, and it looks just like a, it basically looks like a fan art of Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. And, and, and obviously it's a little bit more Powerpuff Girls inspired, but it's still like, that's still that air of Cartoon Network. That's it's been a transitive lab. property, obviously. Yes, exactly. So um, it's just a very, very present in, uh, influence. And then- I also want to give a shout out to my math teacher for teaching me the term transitive property, because I wouldn't I wouldn't got anywhere without that prop, <laughs> proper term. Thank you. So um, you want to talk about the Mighty Bee? Uh, I know very little about it, but I knew, I remember I was when I was watching uh, uh, My Life as a Teenage Robot, Mighty Bee kind of came out too. And mm-hmm. unfortunately- No, it was me much later, being, I think. The thing about this, uh, I was one of those stupid kids growing up, like, oh, cartoons are dumb. And unfortunately, Mighty B was in that section of, like, me mm. growing out of cartoons. Yeah. Uh, so I know very little about it, but I do know that it was created for Nickelodeon by Amy Poehler, Cynthia True, and Eric Weiss. Mm-hmm. And it looks a lot like Dexter's Lab. It looks a lot like that style, yeah, obviously. Yeah, because Karyos is also um, a designer on the series. Oh, okay. No, yeah. no, there you go. <laughs> so, and Karyos was worked on Dexter. I don't know if we said that before. Uh, and also, uh, the Mighty Bee has uh, what kind of glasses? Uh, circular kind? Aren't you a fan <laughs> yes, of those? Exactly. No, I mean... <laughs> It, it does sound like a strange way to, to connect it all, but, like, that is the one thing I always remembering. It's just like, oh, is this also created by... Cur-? Like, when I was really young, I really only knew, like, Ke- Craig McCracken's name because that was the one I always remember seeing the most for some reason. Yeah, and then I'm like, we- oh, did was this also created by the Powerpuff Girls guy or was this also created by the Foster Zone for Imaginary Friends guy? Because I would see that glasses, like, trademark, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, So uh, that, uh, that covers, like, uh, the ones outside that, you know, but... So this is, a, like I said, we, we've talked about this throughout all the other sections that these shows that got made um, as a result of Dexter's getting Dexter's Lab getting made ended up launching a ton of careers, partially because all the people who worked on Dexter are, were the people who got shorts later on, or they had shorts, so on and so forth. So our fi- one of the final things to cover is, um, is that all these high-profile creators and animators that are now big creators now... Um, or have had big shows made, popular shows, stuff like that, um, their careers were essentially launched by Dexter's Lab and the What right. a Cartoon Animation Showcase um, that it came from. I mean, obviously, we're going to start with the first one being yeah. the creator itself, himself, uh, Gandhi Tartakovsky, who, looking at it now, he, out of all these names, I think he's the second, but his, like, if you're talking about in terms of animation, like, he's the most successful. Oh, for sure. I uh, mean, because obviously there's uh, another another person here who's obviously had a much more successful career. Yeah. But we're going to talk about Gendy right now because he wanted to be an animator and guess what he did with his entire career? Became an animator mm-hmm. because uh, after Dexter's Lab, he would have, he got his own shows. He got Samurai Jack, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got Symbionic Titan, which was which the is, last Cartoon Network show. It, I think on. I actually like more than Samurai Jack. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't give it much of a chance. No, no, Again, yeah. granted, that was part of that, like... Done with cartoons. Done with yeah. cartoons. But granted, Cartoon Network also brought me back to that because mm-hmm. of Chowder and Flapjack. Yeah. Because I had a little brother, and he watched a lot of cartoons. Yeah. Uh, and then Hotel Transylvania, which I haven't seen. 
Which you know, it, it, it's it's. But it's, I know it's the, like grown ups with with mo- old movie monsters. Yeah, are you talking about grown ups like actual grown ups or grown ups like Adam Sandler grown ups? Like Adam Sandler grown ups, but right, not as bad. So because uh, I know uh, the first one was like he took the reins over, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. But but uh the the thing about Hotel Transylvania is that it's so it's. It, it started with Cloudy with a Chance of the Meatballs for Sony kind of bringing this 2D like, aspect let's be to... Honest, I like that movie. Yeah, Sony started bringing 2D to 3D animation. It started with um, Cloudy with a Chance of the Meatballs, but I think Gendy really solidified it because, like, he is such, like, uh, an old cartoon fan mm-hmm. that he brings us that, and then, you know, he wanted to do Popeye in that style and stuff like that, so... Which he had, like, if you... If that trailer is still, like... Or that short thing that he really... Teaser, I guess. Mm. That teaser is so interesting. It was he, like a proof of concept, I think. Yeah, and he was, didn't yeah. get it. Um, yeah. Or he... It was... They say it's still in production, but I don't know. I think he's just busy with uh, Hotel Transylvania at this point. Because yeah. the third one's coming out soon-ish. Yeah. So, um, Dating this podcast. Anyway, uh, and he also did the Clone Wars miniseries, which, you know, I'm not a Star Wars fan. That is still one of those beautifully animated series. I like that. Um, Obviously, I... Like I, I like that a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. He also let's talk about the comic that he did for Marvel because oh I, yeah, Cage yeah, that's a really Cage. good comic. Yeah, yeah, it's really good because it's it's so cartoony. It came out. Uh, he wrote it and yeah. then it was shelved by Marvel. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously the Luke Cage series is coming out and then uh, like on Netflix and then Samurai Jack was gonna make a comeback. Mm-hmm. So, so Marvel just, was yeah. like, oh, let's put this into the ether because mm-hmm. it, it looks timeless and I actually have the entire miniseries issue by issue. Uh, I just have a digital, but... It's good. I actually yeah. have a Run the Jewels variant of the first <laughs> issue. Um, yeah. With him and Iron Fist just doing the, the symbol. <laughs> so cool. Um, and then uh, next is Krem and Kraken. We talked about him already. Probably not, not, not much more to add. Just Powerpuff list, Girls. This is career. Powerpuff Girls. Foster Stone for Imaginary Friend. Then Wander Leading Cartoon Network and yeah. then Wander Over Yonder. Yeah, yeah. God, that's like, that's heartbreaking to like, he left Cartoon Network because he realized it was going downhill mm-hmm. and because they canceled his uh in production uh you know what a cartoon inspired show yeah the cartoon, cartoon institute yeah. yeah which would have been which probably would have made like another another you know one. he would have been the next fred sieber but then exactly. cartoon network was like we're doing cn real mm-hmm. and then craig mccracken peace out craig mccracken and somebody else who was gonna run it back was it laura faust no, it was... Because she ended up getting her own crew, obviously. I forget what Did she anyway. work on Dexter's, by the way? Lauren Faust? Maybe. Because, obviously, there's, like, now that I think about it, not a fan, never watched, uh, like, a full episode. Powerpuff, or, uh, um, My Little Pony, like, the new re, like, the, the, the new, the way it looks now, it looks similar to that art style. It's simple, blocky art style. Yeah. That Dexter inspired because it's inspired by Powerpuff Girls and because Lauren Foss. I should look that up, but that might have been another one that I missed. But again, tweeted us. We want we want to be informed about yeah. this. So. Uh, and I, I just mentioned like I'm not a fan of the of My Little Pony. Um, I know about. Don't it. lie, Alex. We all know you're a brony. Uh, for life, dude. <laughs> um, and then so Stephen McFarlane again. Not much to add. We already Who talked is about him. Obviously, the mo- this is the one I was alluding to. Yeah. Like, the most, the most successful <laughs> animator to come out of this, essentially. Um, he created Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show, uh, the Calcade comedy thing or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, God, that was terrible, honestly. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest. It but then just, he also directed yeah. movies like, uh, you know, Both Ted's. Both Ted's and then A Million Day- Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. And then he uh, he's currently created and starting in uh, the, the Orville. Orville. Yeah, yeah. But also one thing to know about him, he was also, he had a show in production 
the Flintstones reboot. Oh yeah, they they were gonna get which brings them back to Hanna Barbera. Funny yeah. enough, and um, it has the same art style from uh, Dexter's Lab. Like if you see the concept, it like I it, oh I never saw the concept. It art. looks like that. Yeah. Oh, you gotta show it to me after we're done here. Yeah. Um, or maybe wrong. Yes. Yeah, so, send me the picture of the actual one if I'm wrong. <laughs> so the next uh, next is Butch Hartman. Um, started as an artist for Dexter, then a writer, then director, an artist for Johnny Bravo and Cow and Chicken, so on and so forth. Then he went to Nickelodeon with OEI Cartoons and made Fairly Odd Parents, um, Danny Phantom, Tough Puppy, and Bunsen is a Beast. Yeah, and now he's a he's a freelancer, right? No, he does his own no, thing now. He does a YouTube channel, right? That's right. Yeah. So and then Robin Zetti, like we said, oh yeah, cartoons in my life as a teenage robot, and now he he kind of he he works on all kinds of shows at this point. Yeah, he's doing the same thing he used to do. Yeah, uh, and then uh, Fred Siebert obviously didn't launch his career, but it would good help him develop Frederator, which would go on to produce shows like Fairly Odd Parents, Adventure Time, Netflix's Castlevania. Really? Um, I didn't yeah, know that. I uh, haven't seen it, Castlevania. It, it, it's it's in partner with somebody else. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, Fred Raider, Fred Raider also created the YouTube channel Cartoon Hangover, mm-hmm. which has series like uh, Bravest Warriors and Bean Puppycat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a show on, uh, or was there a pilot for a uh, uh, Cartoon Hammer, Cartoon Hangover called uh, Superfuckers? Mm-hmm. With they, they had a couple episodes uh, with yeah. Maria Bamford, right? Yeah, and um, the guy who played uh, the guy who played high. Mako in. Um, in Legend of Korra, he was like the main character. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's we're all up in our clubhouse getting <laughs> oh, yeah, no, high. No, no. Like one fuckers. of the characters is a a suit that somebody made to make like a, a gelatinous alien be able to talk with and communicate with everyone, and then the main character just shits in it instead, and then that becomes the main character is a nice. shit that can talk. Yeah, nice. That that tells you everything about that show. <laughs> God, what a hangover. So, um. If you would allow me to sum it up, Alex, um, ultimately the greatest ripple effect that Dexter's Lab had on Cartoon Network was opening the floodgates for original programming, switching the network from a place where old cartoons were shown to a powerhouse of animation that it is today. Cartoon Network has produced more original animated television programs than any other kids' network, uh, trumpeting trumping Nickelodeon and Disney, uh, and this is the biggest influence that Dexter had, uh, and without it, modern cartoons would not be where they are today. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> and again, like we like we said at the beginning of the podcast, it's not just Dexter, obviously. It, it, it's it's what a cartoon, it's cartoon cartoons, but Dexter is just at the center of all of this, and that's what's so fascinating. I wouldn't us. even say he's the center. I think because I I would say it's the uh, the it's the bomb that went off. Yes, like it's the thing that like started. It's the it's I mean, like we said, we said ripple effects. It's the stone thrown into the water. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the eye of the storm. I hope we get uh, to the point where we have enough fans that somebody wants to make an infographic and connect all the episodes we've talked about before. <laughs> oh, I, I I hope so. <laughs> uh, you know, it's I, I hope I get to meet Tarkov. Twitter. You hear me out there? <laughs> I hope get. I hope Tarkovsky, uh guests on the show one day and uh, corrects next, everything we said wrong. <laughs> everything <laughs> like uh, I, excuse me, I never went to Cal Arts. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so um, also you uh, speaking of meeting uh, him, I also met David Lynch a few. Oh um, my God. <laughs> no, we're not doing the running gag. Um, anyway, uh, anything else you'd like to add? Um, nothing else. I mean, I God, I like I've going through all of this. I it just it's all coming back. All these cartoons. Um, it's, it's very fascinating. It's super fascinating. Uh, yeah, it's just it means so much to me. Like watching Dexter's Lab. I haven't seen it in a while. I mm-hmm. mean, the last episode I saw was. Uh, the the rude bully removal. one. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, rude removal. Yeah, that one too. God, rude removal is so good. Yeah. Uh, go um, back a couple of minutes and yeah, you'll it's find so how great. You know, it, it's like um, it, it's just really interesting going and doing the research for this. You you just see like it just starting from like this this one thing and it's just like exploding into Cartoon Network Studios. You know. Yeah, I mean it's 
yeah, it's just Cartoon Network taking risks. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, that's what I love about early Cartoon Network. They took risks. They they took a risk by doing Space Ghost, which I we should talk about that one day. That's your adult swim episode, man. <laughs> and then, of course, they took a risk with What a Cartoon. Or, oh, yeah, Lab, Cartoons. Yeah. And wait, is it what a cartoon? It's what a cartoon. Oh yeah, cartoons is Nickelodeon. Yeah. God, it's three words, and I still. <laughs> no, no, no. It's every single Fred Siebert cartoon showcase has an exclamation point in it somewhere, and cartoon in it. Oh yeah. Random cartoons. What a cartoon. Um, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that about sums it up. Uh, social media. You wanna? Uh, I'm as always. I'm uh, underscore trailer underscore swift underscore on Instagram. I just posted a... I didn't post anything recent on Instagram. Um, you don't even know where this is going up. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I follow this band, I think. Um, and then uh, I'm... Uh, I actually changed my Twitter handle uh, for reasons I don't want to get into. Uh, I am now at Sean8YourSon. Sean, the number 8, U-R-S-O-N. God, I hope this is a professional reason because... This no, this doesn't sound like I'm eating your children. No, it's it's beautiful. What are you talking about? Uh, I'm on I'm that on both Twitter and uh, Instagram, and then please tweet at the podcast at Influenza Pod, and you know give us information. I should also mention my Twitter handle. It's at Lex (laughs) Squealar. Yes, so so tweet at us. Tell tell us stuff. Teach us stuff. That's what we want. Um, My Instagram handle should say something about like being in the. a locust abortion technician, but I think I took that off. I'm not entirely sure. It's a butthole surfers reference. Okay. I, I <laughs> okay. love the butthole we surfers. We have to wrap that up. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, and, uh, you know, please subscribe, uh, tell your friends about us. Listen and, to butthole uh, surfers. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, thank you.